Hey haters, this is Ashley from Jackson Transplants, one of the newest and best podcasts in Jackson. We are the welcome committee for transplants and a safe space to complain about Jackson. Jacksonians are welcome but not really necessary. Find us on SoundCloud and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Jackson Transplants. Bye haters. Jones, T-H-E-C-A, J-O-N-E-S, uh, J-O, oh yeah, J-O-N-E-S, that's how I spell my name, yeah, uh, you can find this podcast on all DSPs, uh, yeah, make sure you download it, uh, we're starting this thing back up, we've been off, uh, for summer break, had a really, a lot of good things happening, and, uh, yeah, I enjoyed myself, but now we have to get back to the work, so we are going to jump right back into it with a guest who has been on before it's been a minute this is your second time on here right number two yeah number two number two number two and uh as always we let our guests introduce themselves so yeah go ahead um my name is ryan nave um people in jackson know me as rl nave i'm the editor-in-chief of mississippi today yeah and uh mississippi today is a y'all nonprofit, right we're a nonprofit, nonpartisan digital news organization that covers the state of mississippi yeah let me ask you this, because this is the end. So he's the editor-in-chief. Are you the editor-in-chief? I'm the editor-in-chief, correct. Okay. Because I was like, what does in-chief mean? Uh, I mean, in, in, a, in a traditional news organization, like a large news organization, you would have many, many editors. So you would have a metro editor, and you would have a sports editor. And you would have Editor-in-chief, I'm editor deb- everybody. Exactly. And okay. so, like, my sort of universe is uh is the newsroom i manage the day-to-day of the newsroom um both sort of in terms of like helping decide what coverage is going to be but then also like all the administrative tasks that come with running the newsroom um i oversee that that responsibility is primarily delegated to our managing editor harvey parson Mm -hmm. um and so i do a lot of the like public facing stuff that comes with um being editor-in-chief and like sort of being a face of the newsroom in the community and like in the country um and then harvey does a lot of the uh sort of administrative stuff and sort of like the nuts and bolts sort of management of the newsroom okay and we're in here drinking out of these mississippi today tumblers i know they're delicious they're delicious uh water never tasted so sweet listen this is a very i've been to a lot of newsrooms and i've been to a lot of companies and i have never seen a tumbler so nice uh i'm going to actually use i'm going to take this around and drink it take it to the beach I'm going to take it to the beach. And put it, some, it was made in China. It. That's crazy. I thought this was made in like Italy or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was one of those. Maybe it's the Italian part of China. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so um, I have him in today because we want to talk about something that's near and dear to me, and that is the rebranding of Mississippi. And it's funny that we got together to do this podcast because in the past two days uh, a very big development has happened in our uh governor's race and our gubernatorial yes gubernatorial right yeah yeah look at it i know big words now uh 
in our governor's race. And uh, yeah, so um, if you don't know, basically a Republican candidate, Robert Foster. Foster. Yeah, he's a uh, businessman. Well, he's a legislator from Hernando, which is in northwest Mississippi. Mississippi. DeSoto County. I've been to DeSoto County before. Yeah, and he his his family owns a Christmas tree farm in, in DeSoto County. Really? Uh, yeah, and so he's he runs a family business. Yeah. So, yeah, he's a small business owner uh, and an entrepreneur. You know what's crazy? No one grows up like, hey, what you want to be like? I want to own a Christmas tree farm. Yeah. Unless it's what your family's been doing Unless for like, you, like that. No one says that. Like yeah. no one says like, man, hey kid, what you want to be like? Man, I want to make plastic forks. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though people that make plastic forks make a lot of money, yeah, because it's plastics. Plastics. Um, yeah, the future. But um, yeah. So recently, uh, one of your reporters, Larison Campbell, uh, who has interviewed him before. Uh, she was going to shadow him for like an extended amount of time. Yeah. So what we wanted to do was, um, I mean, because this the Republican primary for governor uh, has actually ended up being more competitive than a lot a lot of people thought. I think um, it's going to be the most it's going to be the marquee matchup on the August sixth primary ballot. Uh, we want to be kind of a comprehensive source for information uh, about elections. Like we sort of see ourselves as a place like when people go into the polling booth, like they're pulling up Mississippi today and like reading about candidates, reading about issues um, before they cast the ballot. And so because the race is going to be so competitive, we reached out to all three campaigns, Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves, former Chief Justice of the State Supreme Court, Bill Waller, and Representative Foster and said, you know, we want to hang out with you for a day, get kind of a flavor of how you interact with the public, what's on the minds of people, of voters that you're engaging with, but then also get some time to talk to you about issues. Uh, and so uh, one of our reporters, Adam Ganeshow, one of the political reporters, um, went out on the trail with Chief Justice Waller. Adam also went out on the tra trail with Lieutenant Governor Reeves. Uh, with Representative Foster, because Larson knows him the best, she actually broke the story about the fact that he was running for governor and was going to be the first Republican um, to officially announce his candidacy for governor. Um, we just felt like she was the best person uh, to do the ride along with the Foster campaign, given the kind of r rapport that they've built over the last nine months or so. Mm -hmm. um, so, so he knows her. Like, yeah, quite well. Yeah, yeah, and so they said no. The Foster count. Yeah. So it's like, re rewind, like mm -hmm. last weekend. Yeah. Uh, when she first talked to the campaign, uh, she called me and said the the campaign says they think they can make it happen this week, but they said I have to bring a male colleague. What do you want to do about that? Mm. Um, and my reaction was, no, that's absurd. We, we wouldn't do that one because, um, you know, we just don't let people that we cover, like dictate how we cover stories. I mean, we run into problems where we call state agencies and we get calls and we say, oh, actually, uh, the protocol is you talk to this person first and just like, we don't really care what your protocols are. Yeah. We're trying to do a story to inform our audience. Um, 
And so we would never grant that kind of permit. You know, we wouldn't grant that request to anybody else. Um, also, it's just a resource thing, right? Like we're going to send two of our political reporters out for an entire day when we could really spend one and that other reporter could be doing something else. Yeah. So that's like costing us money. Um, it's also abs- just the premise of it was absurd that yeah. some that some tracker was going to like get a picture of Larison and Representative Foster and one of his opponents was going to do an ad featuring, you know, one of the best known political reporters in the state. Yeah. Like, how could that not backfire yeah. on them? Yeah. So I think, you know, <laughs> not naive as we were, you know, we just figured that when we came back to the campaign this week and sort of like spelled out a little bit more why it was so absurd that they would say, oh, of course, like that makes perfect sense. Let's do the story. And we would have done the story. What happened is she she followed up with the campaign um, and sort of made all these accommodations. You know, I'll, you know, you can have a staffer present. I'll wear my press badge at all times uh, to identify myself as a reporter. And they said, we just can't risk it. And Larson got off the phone and said, yeah, they just shot me down. What do I do? <laughs> so like, were like you we like, do a story. That's yeah, what we do. Were you like, well, why can't you risk it? And... I mean, did that question come up? Like, why can't you specifically risk it? Well, I mean, I think she had this conversation with the campaign on two different occasions. So, I mean, we already knew where they were coming from. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were worried about, you know, they they were worried about political opposition um, personnel, like getting a picture of him in a compromising position. At least that's what they told us. Now, after everything blew up, they came back and said, oh, it's because we have this Billy Graham rule. Yeah. And we have this he, – he made this agreement with his wife. And yeah. interestingly, that, that never came up um, in the campaign's conversations mm-hmm. with Larison. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanna, I, I'm not going to say what I want to say. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, there's a lot to think about um, and a lot to, to digest – um, you know, in terms of like why we did the story, um, you know, we had some conversations in the, in the newsroom about whether or not we would do the story and whether or not Larison should write the story as, you know, like the person most close to it. You know, it's a longstanding sort of mm-hmm. principle in journal, journalism um, that I, I don't necessarily agree with, that if you're too close to a story, you shouldn't write it because it compromises your objectivity. But, you know, I kind of feel like there's nobody better to tell that story than the person it happened to. Because yeah. um, it's but, a pretty wild story being it, 2019. It, it It is, and... But, I mean, also from where I stand as editor, um, you know, knowing that we publish this Waller story, we're publishing a Tate Reeves version, um, you know, in a very competitive Republican primary, like, people are going to want to know, why didn't you give this same opportunity to Representative Foster? Uh, And it was important for us to be transparent with our audience about, like, why you weren't going to see a day on the trail with Robert Foster. It's because we tried, we made it, you know, we offered him uh, several accommodations and that wasn't enough. They didn't accept our offer. uh, And so you won't be, you won't be reading that kind of story about him. Mm. So have y'all contacted him since y'all published that story? Yeah. I mean, we, we, we reached out the following day. Um, I mean, because we were doing, 
I mean, because we were basically doing a story about uh, about the reaction to the story um, and how, um, you know, how a day later we started seeing the promoted tweets. Um, you know, it was less than 24 hours that we actually got like a fundraising email from from the campaign saying that he was being attacked by the, the liberal media. Yeah. Can you donate to my campaign? Um, and like we... we this this it, it didn't affect our uh, decision to do the story, w- you know, whether or not it was going to hurt or help his campaign. Um, but it was obvious that like it became a story about how he was using it, and we were also sort of hearing some murmurs from inside other campaigns of folks who were either worried or elated that he was going to get some kind of a bump from it. Mm-hmm. Um, what that bump is, like. It could be three percent. It could be five percent. It could be ten percent. Because I mean, he's like in single digits right now, right? I mean, that's what we've heard. I mean, yeah. we haven't seen any like reliable polling. But it's fair to call him a long shot for, yeah. I mean, for the nomination. Yeah. Um, the other piece of the the follow up story that we did, or the reason that we wanted to do a follow, was to kind of explain to people like why we thought Robert. Foster was one important enough uh, for us to spend a day with him, uh, and two to do the story that we did about his campaign denying us access, because we've seen in recent uh, political history in Mississippi in 2014, you know, there was like one guy who didn't campaign at all um, in a ra- in a contest for United States Senate, got a 1.5 percent of the vote, and. Uh, forced it to a runoff, you know, and kept uh, then Senator Thad Cochran and State Senator Chris McDaniel from winning it outright. You know, we know that in 2015, there was like a guy who didn't campaign, didn't vote for himself, who wound up being the, the Democratic, the Democratic yeah. nominee for governor. And so and I had no idea who he was. N- nobody did. Yeah. And so it's it's not a news organization's job to pick winners and losers and say this person doesn't have a shot. So we're going to ignore them. You know, we kind of feel like if your name is on the ballot and you can affect the race in this way, um, you know, we want to give people some sense of who you are. And so in Foster's case, like even if he's in single digits, you know, he could conceivably be the thing standing uh, between like Tate Reeves or Bill Waller winning the governor's race outright or there being a runoff in Mississippi. Because one thing I noticed, because like eight months ago, I thought this was, you know, Tate Reeves all day. But then when Waller came into the race, I thought that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of noticed, you know, you don't, you see Tate with the ads and everything, but you just quietly see these Bill Waller signs just coming up around different places, and you know it's a, it, it seems like it's real quiet almost. But you know it, it's it's really weird how this has become competitive because you know a year ago I would have just been like, oh, okay, well Tate Reeves is going to win this, of course. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah, I mean I think one of the most interesting phenomenons. Um, in, in politics is where even where you have one party rule, like mm-hmm. solid one party rule, like whether it's uh, with Democrats in places like Illinois um, or New York or in conservative states like Mississippi, how eventually you'll start seeing these factions 
emerge, these competing factions, like even within the one party control, which like in some ways threatens that. So, like, if you look in the legislature, like, especially in the House, like, there are all these little factions, you know, like the super hardcore, like, Tea Party conservatives um, who, you know, want to, you know, pass legislation to punish universities that don't fly the state yeah. flag, for example. Like, uh, women w- should only wear skirts and dresses. Yeah, type. and, you, yeah. you know, you have more moderate, by moderate, I mean moderate for Mississippi Republicans, um, and so you have to like try to figure out how to hold the caucus together. And so now that you now in the Republican primary for governor, you know we see these three factions: Hey Reeves being the more like mainstream, um, mainstream part of the party. Bill Waller represents sort of like an old school, you know, sort of country club Republican type. You know, the founders of the party support. Bill Waller, not Tate Reeves. Um, And then you have like the young gun upstart, you know, in in Robert Foster, who represents that, you know, Tea Party, you know, insurgency idea in the Republican Party. And they're all competing for control of it. I'm sure Tate has me blocked on Twitter. Yeah. I'm sure. Sorry. (laughs) I'm I'm sure. Maybe you should be nicer to him. No. Or, Or maybe just not. Just don't be so nasty to people. Maybe no, I won't. <laughs> it's the roguish gent. That's yeah. you know, it, it is what it is. It's, uh, it's speaking of branding. It's yeah, part of your brand. You know, yeah. it, it is. It is what it is. You don't go to a Jamaican restaurant for great service. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it is what it is. Yeah. But okay, so boom. So this happens. It goes viral, of course. Uh, you and Larison, y'all are on CNN. Uh, NBS, MSNBC. We've done all the major networks except um, except ABC. I think. Yeah, y'all did Fox. Um, <laughs> uh, we did not do Fox. Representative Fox Foster was on Fox of this course, evening. Of course. Um, yeah, but we, we Larson was on CNN. I think she's doing MSNBC tomorrow. Um, NBC News, like sort of the print digital yeah. um, side of the organization did a story. I mean, we were in the Times, we were in the Washington Post, um, I think Huffington Post, and now like the um, um, Andy Borowitz from the New Yorker like yeah. did a little thing on it, and um, Wonkat did a thing. I have to tell you about the time I met Sean Hannity. No. Yeah, I was at a fireworks thing. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy story. I, I, I feel like there's a great punchline coming. Oh no, I, I can't tell the story because he would sue me. But yeah, it was crazy. Uh huh. Yeah. In as, Chula, as, Mississippi. As things are at fireworks stands in Chula, Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, so and one thing I've noticed because I've read a lot of most of those pieces, most of those pieces, and you know I gotta torture myself by going to the comment section. On all of them. You poor thing. My, I, I don't even do that. I do it to myself. Like, I get on Facebook and I say, you know, I'm finna go. Uh, WAPT Facebook and some comments. You, like, you brave man. Yeah, man look. The, the kind of man who would hang out with Sean Hannity at Fireworks Stand <laughs> in, in Holmes County. In Holmes County, yeah. So, um, one thing I noticed, and you had the, hey, I don't blame him. This Me Too stuff is crazy. Mm-hmm. Which I was like... My favorite uh, meme I'm doing right now is uh, Makai Pfeiffer in Paid in Full, where he's smoking and he's like really stressed out. And he's like, you know, 
I'm super stressed out. Look on his face. Yeah. I do that now. And I made a comment. I was like, man, I understand why Mississippi is so corrupt because you people are like fucking idiots. Like, it's between the, hey, I don't blame him because of the Me Too stuff. Uh, quit attacking this man of God. And, well, it's Mississippi. What do you expect? Yeah. And outside of the, you know, quit attacking him and, you know, I don't blame him. The it's Mississippi what you would expect is the largest to me. And it's also the one that bothers me the most because it kind of seems like every time you hear about Mississippi in the media, our media is either going to revolve around two things, like how stupid we could be here or how shitty it was <laughs> here at one time. And, you know, you kind of see stuff like on Twitter. I'm real heavy on Twitter. You'll see things like people like, Man, uh, you know, something about racism in Mississippi, and they're, like, in, like, Washington State. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, man, like, what Confederate flags doing in Washington State? You know what I'm saying? Like, like Washington State, like, like the Pacific Northwest, like, I wouldn't go to the Pacific Northwest by myself. I mean, I used to live up there, and, I mean, you're you're right. Um, You know, I'm originally from from St. Louis in the mm-hmm. state of Missouri. I mean, a couple years ago, um, I was in Columbia where I went to school yeah. uh, where my brother lives, hanging out with a friend um, who's a white woman, yeah. right? And, like, we're at this bar, and I just became, like, really aware of, like, like this this group of white guys who were, like, sort of, like, su- not really surrounding us. Like, like we were the focus of it. Uh-huh. But in some ways, they, like, the way they were standing, they were kind of like forming a barrier and how nervous that made me in a way that like, if that happened at FP or like some bar in Jackson, even if it was like me and a white woman um, and a bunch of white dudes that I wouldn't have felt as threatened because I'm like, what they going to do this Jackson? um, But I was like so aware of that in a place like, Boone County, Mississippi. Yeah. I mean, uh, Boone County, Missouri, that I wouldn't have been in Hines County. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, but we still have that label of, hey, like, it's Mississippi. This is what it is, and this is what it's going to be. Like, one of the biggest things that always annoyed me was uh, the first time I watched uh, Django Unchained, right? And, you know, him and Dr. Dr. Schultz, they're like, hey, Christoph Watts, Waltz. They're like, hey, yeah, we're going to go get your wife. Like, where are your wife? He's like, man, she in Mississippi. She in Chickasaw County, Mississippi. And and he was like, Whew. Yeah. And like, they and how it through. dramatically came up on the screen. <laughs> and like, Mississippi just Mississippi. And you just see people in chains walking in the mud. And I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, yes. and no one was like, oh, man, that's really fucking. Everybody was like, well, yeah, it's Mississippi. And that's always kind of bothered me because in a way I know that we have progressed past it obviously but in a way I feel like some people wish it was still like that like you know if I'm somewhere and if I walk into a room and you know I see somebody hey I got this cotton on my desk and it's like why you just have random cotton in your desk (laughs) and they just look at me like hmm you know it's, it's just little stuff like that so I think me myself I Thacker um, Jones, I think Mississippi needs a rebrand. Before we can move forward, I think 
uh, state leadership is not the greatest. And that's something that you'll have to definitely deal with. But I believe me, myself and I, I am uh, not, you know, saying that we have to do this, but I believe before we can move forward, you have to have a rebrand. Sort of like how, um, you know, after Dylan Roof, uh, all of the states that had the Confederate symbol in their flags, they took them off and everything. And Mississippi was, <laughs> not, not all of them. Yeah, not all of them. And, you know, we're really good at being stubborn here. And that's just one thing where it's like, hey, man, I get it. Like, that's your thing. But it's kind of like, do you really want to see this place be viewed in a different light? And, you know, some people just aren't going to come here. Like, it is what it is. But it just seems like, you know, uh, since the change in labor laws, <laughs> Mississippi has kind of been, <laughs> been losing. I just realized that was a euphemism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Since, since we became a right-to-work state. Yeah, you know, you know. Uh, yeah, since that change has kind of seemed like uh, Mississippi has been in the shitter. And it's certain things that you would have to do to uh, change that. And I think when people think about government as a business, I think a rebrand, if you want to think about government that way, then it doesn't make sense to... Uh, keep that image, even though, you know, that's near and dear to you. Yeah, but uh, so, I mean, I think it's important to remember that, um, you know, when we're talking about branding, I mean, brands are about the the values of a particular product, mm -hmm. right? And so for, in order for Mississippi to undergo a rebrand, you know, like we have to sit down and like figure out what our values are as a state and really like what the product is that we're marketing because you can't like you can't rebrand a shitty product you know like, yeah. like you can't like like rc cola <laughs> you know like you can't like slap a bunch of marketing yeah. on it and then all of a sudden like make it the number one cola yeah. not, not saying that rc cola is like bad if you would have said tab i would have been like yeah. hey don't you ever say that about but tab. it's but 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 it's like the fourth or fifth cola. Yeah, yeah. You know what it I'm is saying? definitely the. It's, it's the Mississippi it's, of colas. It's the it's the 98 <laughs> degrees of cola, like for sure. Right, and so like it's how do the 90, it's the old town of cola. Yeah. So yeah. how do you rebrand? You know, how do you rebrand what a lot of people feel like is, um, is a low quality product? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that some of the problems that we have here. And I wanted to talk to you about this because um, you've lived in different sections of the country and you've lived extensively in different sections of the country and you had the unique experience of actually being involved more so than the average citizen wherever you went. So you have experience and you've been a political reporter everywhere, right? Yeah. So you pretty much have seen, Hey, okay, this is the Midwest. This is the Pacific Northwest. This is the deep South. You've seen these different types of places, different kind of economies and everything like that. So you have a, a better view than, you know, someone who might just like, Hey, I'm an admin assistant in Nevada. You know what I'm saying? But so since Mississippi is trying to push the hay, um, what ask me that? What is Mississippi trying to push as far as its citizens? Because I can't think of anything outside of man manufacturing, if the manufacturing and agriculture, and I don't I think it's really more agriculture than manufacturing. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's a desire to um, to develop like the manufacturing industries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was talking to you know somebody who's really smart on economic development, um, and you know there was a conversation when uh, when companies like Nissan and Continental and uh, when they decided to come to the state around like what what incentives they were being offered by the state um, and you know a lot of people thought that the, uh, you know they were that we were giving them too much money um, but yeah this this person told me that like you know wh- whatever the problem is you you know like you can't build one of these things like every 20 years and expect your uh, economy to grow yeah like if manufacturing, is is where you're going to put all your eggs then you need to be figuring out like how to get 10 continentals to come yeah. at once um but you know it seems like because that continental has suppliers and suppliers yeah. have different okay yeah and so yeah i mean like nissan employs a lot of people and those are relatively good jobs um well the ones they employ because you know Sixty percent of the workforce is made up by Kelly Services, right? Temp Services, right? And that's one of those dirty little secrets where it's like, if you don't know, you don't know. But once you find out, you'll say, "Huh, that's that's pretty interesting." Yeah. Well, and I mean the 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 gamble, and like that's why I love like the work that Anna's doing so mm-hmm. much right now um, on just like like what it means to have a job, like what is a job, mm-hmm. right? Like the conversation is just about like the job. Like we offered a job, a person filled the job, boom, like great economy. But, you know, the questions we should be asking is like, is it a good job? Like even even if the pay is like comparatively good, you know, compared to the median, like that's not a really good um, way to measure it in a place like Mississippi because like the, you know, median incomes are so low, wages are so low that like what is – you know what is a job that pays like fifty percent more than the median? Yeah, it, you know, still not great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're just hanging our hat on like, oh, there's a job filled. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and, and and then the other thing about these plants is, you know, people who work at Nissan, for example, like come from all over the state. Like, yeah, there are people like piling into vans in yeah. Aberdeen and driving to Nissan, and so like really the economic benefit of uh, of 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 something like Nissan is so diffused right like if everybody lived in central mississippi even in madison you know madison and hines counties right like you would see so much growth yeah. and so much wealth being built in those places but i mean you have like three people coming you know down from the delta and some folks coming from over Lake. from yeah. from Kosciuszko. so the potential the potential of that plant being there is spread out over such a great like geographic distance that um that it's not having the impact that it would if you know like in places like New York you know like a big ass building goes up and you know like several businesses can pop up around it yeah and and I mean I can see because I remember when their plot where Nissan is it was just like trees and stuff you know what I'm saying so I have seen like areas like Glutstadt grow um ken has received some of it. and i see it grow but you still have the issues that you have here of like a lot of people you know not being able to find a job um it seems like mississippi 
and I don't want to make it sound. I'm gonna say it. it seems like Mississippi like lacks like high skilled workers. No, that's true. And it seems like, and you mentioned to me that to this on Twitter that it's not it. it yeah, young people are leaving, like even at a record number, but. It's not the fact that they're leaving. It's the fact that no one is there to replace them in in them leaving. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the conversation that we had online was going back to my experience reporting in Colorado um, on high school graduation rates. So at the time, this was probably eight, nine years ago. I mean, at the time, in terms of high school graduation rates, like Colorado was like really kind of in the middle of the pack, mm-hmm. not really extraordinary. Um but, you know, you read all these, like, most intelligent states and, you know, states with the most bachelor's degrees. Colorado is always at the top of that list mm-hmm. because they draw so many people to Colorado. And, you know, it's not just people who are coming to, like, hike and ski. You have all these uh, federal agencies that are in places like Boulder and Golden and Denver, like the um, the Department of Energy, the National Renewable Energy Lab, like these are really smart people who like get these like good paying government jobs, um, and then they're also there and like they can hike and ski and like do all that stuff. You know, quality of life. That's why they go there, and so that's why like a place like Denver, um, like I couldn't afford to live there on like what I was making, you know, nine years ago mm-hmm. because it's it's you know it's attracting so many people. Um, in terms of opportunities in Mississippi, I mean, I think a lot of people are disappointed in the political leadership of our state uh, in like not. I mean, the thing that the one of the big things that everybody talks about is like Medicaid expansion, right? So you expand Medicaid, all of a sudden, you know, hundreds of you know hundreds of thousands more people have health insurance, are going to doctors, going to specialists. You can really build an economy around it. Um, the other opportunity uh, you hear this a lot in Jackson is infrastructure. You know, we have the greatest need. You know, the greatest need equals the greatest opportunity. Like two hundred bridges closed around the state, and everything like that. Right, yeah. and so like, why, why? You know, why aren't we lobbying? You know, the Trump administration, for example, with whom our leadership like has a good relationship, to say, hey, like maybe you should think about like bringing some sort of like federal transportation agency to a place like. Jackson probably wouldn't be Jackson if you rank in county, but bring yeah. it br- bring it to the Jackson Metro, yeah. Um, to like be the place to f- like solve like broken infrastructure in the country. Um, but That's we also really weird. But we also have a leadership that doesn't think that government um, is a solution to problems, and we shouldn't be trying to grow government. And see, that's what I want. Even to ask though you. government is already the biggest employer in Mississippi, government is already the biggest employer in Mississippi, and we receive the most federal dollars out of any state. Right, which is, I mean, I think it's a point of shame for a lot of folks. I mean, state government's still like one of the biggest employers of the state, uh, but I mean, the number of state employees has shrunk over the last yeah. eight years, and there are people who are running for public office uh, who are very proud of that. So this is my thing. It just seems like, okay, well, you don't want, you know, government to, you know, grow or anything like that. And if that's your jam, cool. But what's the end game? Because it seems very much like by by design that it's like this right now. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I think yeah, I mean that's there are pro- like probably lots of theories, but I, you know, I mean, I think people just, um, I mean, I do think there's a school of thought that says that, uh, you know, pe- people who are the most wealthy, who hold the most uh, power, like economic and political have a vested interest in maintaining the status quo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, Mississippi has a 1% just like the country has a 1%. And so what, especially in a state with very limited resources where, you know, maybe if you're in the 1%, you can't really expect to ever be like Jeff Bezos rich. Yeah. So what incentive is there for for you to grow the pie because at some point like people start taking money out of your pocket yeah um and i I don't know how like conspiratorial that is um but i do i love mississippi but like one of the weirdest things about mississippi to me is like how how concentrated wealth is in government Mm -hmm. i mean like some of the wealthiest people in our state are wealthy because they are in industries that rely on like do their ability to do business with government. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, some of the biggest law firms in our state. Uh, that's some of the big, you know, people who are heavily involved in real estate in our state. Um, which is why Mississippi, like unlike a lot of places, like when you see these like bathroom bills and these sort of like social wedge itch- issue things, and the business community comes out and says like, "Nah, yeah, I gotta overturn these laws," and the government like responds to the business community. Yeah, that's not happening here. Mississippi is the opposite. I mean, the the Chamber of Commerce has come out like repeatedly about the flag, repeatedly about infrastructure, and. In some ways, it feels like the business community, like that the, the the politicians are calling the shots to the business community, and like that is weird. Yeah, that is weird. It does not happen in other states. Yeah. Okay. So boom. So we recognize one of the issues. People are ashamed that we receive so much federal money. I don't know if they're ashamed because mm-hmm. they take it. Well, I mean, they just don't they just don't like crow about it. I mean, you know, the person who get caught stealing from a church, they like, oh, boo hoo hoo, what was me? But, you know, they still bought a new TV. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, OK, so there. let's just say, OK, boom, we're taking a lot of federal money. Boom. The most. Mm-hmm. Boom. All right. Most federal money. A large segment of people that would like the stat that would like this to state as the status quo. And we gotta find a third piece. Why? Okay. Boom. So there we go. <laughs> All right. So you, Ryan Nave. Ryan L dot Nave. Boom. You become governor. What's the first thing you do? Cause I mean, I'm under the so this is my whole before you, I'm gonna let you think. This is my plan. I think young black people should. I think stuff is cheap here. I think it should be an influx of young black people that come, and really just young people in general, and just 
raid the legislature. Because I've watched and I've really just been paying attention since for the past like two or three years. The legislature is insane. Like it's crazy. And I don't think people really recognize it unless they like watch it. Like it's really like it's comedy some days. And like some days I just sit back and I'm like, man, we're like, we're fucking jokes. Yeah, I mean, I understand. I I understand that frustration that people have and, you know, we, I mean, we could talk all day about like whether or not we need to change the flag and whether or not we should be passing these like, you know, uh, bathroom and anti-gay bills and all these abortion laws. But I mean, I think just from like a basic sort of like economic, um, like theories standpoint, like the the best way to grow the economy is to like grow population. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so like, how do you get people to come to Mississippi? I think is at the base of your question, which is like difficult given like all this other stuff that we're talking about, but I don't think that we need the legislature to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that like Jackson just needs to like figure out its thing. And you know, like that's the thing that I always talk about. Like people talk about like, oh man, like we don't get big shows, but like, you know, we get the like Tuesday, Wednesday show at, at Howl of Miles. Yeah. And like, that's cool. Like, why is that not cool? Why is that not cool? Right? Like, why can't that just be our thing? Man, and we yeah. just know that like, we gonna be lit as fuck on Tuesday. On Tuesday yeah. And like, that's gonna be the Jackson yeah. thing. I think Jackson needs to, and, I, and I've told people that, that, that work, there, work there, I've told people that Jackson needs identity. Uh, hey, you know what? Black folks, Jackson ain't Atlanta. And you know what? White folks, Jackson ain't Nashville. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it's just it can be Jackson. Mm -hmm. But I think people have to wrap their head around like, hey, we're good enough, and we can be Jackson. Yeah, I think Jackson needs to promote itself as a really unique place. Like, hey, you know, you can come to a party where a city councilman is DJing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just, just stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, places where things where if this happened in Portland, someone would be like, oh, man, this is so unique and quirky. But it's like, well, you could just do it in Jackson. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I... You know, I discovered about Jackson early on and that I love about the place is is that like it's a place where like this it's 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 a place almost where like the city councilman has to DJ. <laughs> right. Like like people yeah. have to wear multiple hats. Yeah. Like in order to make it like a livable place. Yeah. So like you have to be like a corporate attorney, but then also like an artist. Yeah. Right, like you have to, you have to be a teacher and like play in a band. Yeah. Right, and and so like I think that is unique to places where I've lived. Mm -hmm. Um, but because of that, it's it's also a place where like, like you gotta want to like work for it. Mm -hmm. You know, you gotta want to like try to fix problems, and it's not a place where it's just like. A cool little spot with a chill vibe. A is little gonna, effort is gonna pop up, you know, down the street, and mm -hmm. you can like go listen to spoken word. Like yeah. somebody's gonna have to do that. 
but Jackson is a place where like if that's what you think is lacking in your life, like, you can do it. You can you can be that person. Yeah. Right. I mean, I look at you know Mississippi today. Like I did not find found Mississippi today, um, but like the people who work here are people who just were like working in other jobs in journalism and thought they were pretty whack. And, you know, we created a culture here where it's just like, like do the thing that you got into journalism to do, you know, like work on the problem that you think is the biggest in the world and try to fix it through journalism. Like that is our charge. Like that's what we give our reporters permission to do every single day. And like, that's why people like working here and like, we haven't lost anybody in the last year. Yeah. Um, but that's a hard thing. Like people just, you know, a lot of people just want to work their nine to five and then, you know, like go to a chill little spot and like, that's their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're asking a lot of people <laughs> when we say just like, yeah, like put up with the condition of infrastructure and yeah, like, and like, and, and, and go to like the same venue over and over and over again. Yeah, and, and cause I, it's the only one. And I totally get that because when people are like not hard enough on Jackson, I'm like, well, it's legit concerns now. You know what I'm saying? But I also think it's not as bad as people say it is and not as good as people say it is. It's, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's just not going to be, like, a lit-ass city. It's not Atlanta. It's not Atlanta. It's, it's not Nashville. It, it's, it's not, not Austin. It's not New Orleans. It's not New Orleans. And, you know, like, you know, like, maybe the brand identity is just, like, you know, we're not the coolest city. I think the brand identity cool. should be, I think the brand identity should be, we're cool. Wait, no, I was going to say, eh, try it out. But no, you, you I think it could be. What do you got to lose? Yeah, yeah. I think it could be. I don't like how we try to be like New Orleans' little brother. Yeah. Because it's like, hey, man, we're not New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? But I think it could just be like, hey, man, it's Jackson. Yeah. I think we need to get into the arts a little bit more. But that's. I think we also need to fix some things before we can do that realistically. That's true. Um, I mean, I don't know what the solution for Jackson is. Like, that's above my pay grade. They can pay me my be a consultant. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but my point is, I think that there are opportunities that it exist that like we don't have to wait on the legislature to change a safe flag yeah. so that like we become a little bit more attractive yeah. for people to live here. But know? I do think that needs to change though. Yeah, but I think that's a separate. Yeah, that's yeah. a separate thing. They're, they're, you know, they're not mutually, um, not exclusive, but yeah. like, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't think they're necessarily symbiotic. I mean, they're. You, you don't think they're exclusive to one another? I mean, if you like stand in the middle of like State Street, like, how is the state flag like affecting your life? Oh, that's true. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that like it's not a big issue mm-hmm. and we shouldn't address it. And I mean, it is. I mean, I don't, I I don't necessarily agree with people who think that it's just symbolic. Yeah. Because I do think that like, you know, the state that is so entrenched that they won't even consider like t- taking a piece of cloth yeah. off a flagpole. Yeah. Like, how can you trust them to like? educate your children yeah right like if you're a black person like, yeah how can you trust them like with 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 the health of your family mm-hmm. um 
if 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 they don't even want to like be open to the idea of changing the flag. I mean, that's why it's important. Um, but I mean, realistically, like e- either it's going to happen overnight or it's not going to happen or it's not going to happen at all. So like why put your energy there? Yeah. Yeah. And I got a whole other thing about that that I'm not going to say on here, but it's about the flag? Yeah. Okay. It just was no. Some, yeah, people I mean, looking, some people looking kind of funny in the light, and I was like, that's kind of weird. Like, yeah. It's, it's a very... Um... Man, fuck that flag. <laughs> fuck that flag, and fuck your great, 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 great daddy that died in that war. Yeah. But, but also, I mean, like, the thing that you hear so much about the flag mm-hmm. is, like, from college-educated, like, middle-class people... Who are like every professional conference I go to, I can't even hold my head up and say I'm from Mississippi because somebody says, you know, oh, how can you tolerate that flag? <laughs> and I'm just like, it's a flag. There man. are like people out here like yeah. trying to like just figure out how to feed their family yeah, today yeah, yeah. who like don't give a shit about that flag. Yeah. It's like Joker's henchman. Like, <laughs> hey man, I gotta pay my rent. Like, right. I don't wanna blow up the city, but. Right, paying, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But to the extent there's movement on that, yeah. right? Like it's being driven by like the professional yeah. class, um, because it means more to them than like that's how it ha- that's how the the monuments came down in New Orleans, yeah. right? Like once prof- professional folks, including like professional white people, all of a sudden like realize that. Um, you know, it was embarrassing to them. Mm-hmm. You know, they decided to do what like people have been saying all along and do something about the monuments. Yeah. We're seeing that a little bit with the flag now. So your first day as mayor, boom! I go now. I'm I just got demoted. I mean, oh no, it's governor. Well, at first, I was governor. Governor. Now you I'm got, just uh, mayor. It, you got Brooks and Dunn. They did the I'm inauguration gonna, uh, concert. I'm gonna, they did boot scooting boogie. I'm gonna lock Antar up. <laughs> Buying buying uranium from the Russians. <laughs> oh man! I'm gonna put him in the, the Raymond Detention Center. You sound like a Jackson Jump, <laughs> like anonymous four sixty four point no four fifty six p.m. Yeah, uh, perception of crime. <laughs> you like, yeah, guy, we get it. That's me. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So my first day is as yeah. what governor? Yeah. Inauguration is over. Uh, you wake up, you the first black governor of Mississippi. What's the what 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 you got in mind? Um, I mean, again, I think I would look, I would look towards um, healthcare, infrastructure, education. Um, I mean, I understand why like the Medicaid expansion thing is 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 such a it's it's such a difficult topic. It's toxic it's a non-starter but you know you have people like representative foster who are saying like let's just call it reform and figure out like how to get more sick people insured i mean i do think that there is a desire for that uh unfortunately you just have to like figure out the branding of it Mm -hmm. right so that you can make it happen um that's all it is baby (laughs) Yeah, but in that case, like, it's not a bad product because, like, we are the least healthy state. We are the sickest state. Um, And so there is an opportunity, you know, there is a lot of cash on the table uh, that we could tap into, like, 
if somebody could figure out that piece of the problem. Um, and I feel like we're probably there within the next five years, maybe sooner, depending on how this governor's race goes. Um, I just don't trust state leadership. Um, I mean, a lot of people don't trust their government. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you, I don't trust it as in like you don't trust them to do the right thing. Yeah. That's that's a no, do that's a right poll thing. question that we're polling on. Do the right thing, nor seem to have the capacity to do the right thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the legislature is is tough. Because do the right thing is subjective. Yeah. But, you know, like, it's designed to be tough. So, like, Congress is designed for it to be, like, more difficult to get legislation passed than it is yeah. easy because it's built on this idea that, like, oh, if you can get a piece of legislation through this crazy-ass process, yeah. like, it must be a pretty good thing. Um that hasn't always been the case with yeah. our legislature. Like yeah. sometimes some things get to the process and they are not great. Yeah. Um, but you know, like it's part-time legislature. It's, you know, it's members reflect like all the, you know, all the sort of competing values that exist in, in Mississippi. Um, you know, we've seen, I mean, you know, like the governor has some power, right? Like the governor can like do stuff in agencies that it's so weird. They He's so cool with Trump. Is it weird? I got a conspiracy theory. Okay. I can't say it on here though. Okay. You tell me later. But I got my tinfoil hat on. Okay. Is he going to run for the Senate, Governor Bryant? Yeah. I mean, I've. I've heard he's not interested in higher office. Yeah. Yeah. And it I mean so think so so like, so think about it. It just doesn't seem like good old boy Phil Bryant would be so cool with like New Yorker Donald Trump. Like Donald Trump ain't like the most New York cat. And I mean like he ain't he ain't got no Tims. I mean, no, he, <laughs> you know, he ain't going like petting the bodega cat. Yeah, though, but I'm we need to build like, his wall, B. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I just don't it's like, huh? Like if 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 Donald Trump wasn't the president and Donald Trump and Phil Brown was hanging out, people would be like, What the fuck? Yeah, I mean I I I I, I, I doubt uh like Donald Trump was like on the governor's radar yeah. b before he was the Republican nominee uh, for governor. But I mean, like, you know, they share a lot of, you know, conservative values. It's not so crazy that um, he would want to have a relationship with the president. I think, like, going back to your original question, I mean, the governor, like, you know, he's, he started as a, a deputy Hines County sheriff. Like, he's worked in government his entire life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, U.S. senators make good money, but, you know, he could probably make more consulting, yeah. lobbying, and, you know, like, he's got a family, he's got grandkids. Like, if I was him, like, I would be trying to get paid. Yeah. Because, like, you can, like, hook up with, like, one of the big Washington lobbying firms or, like, start your own firm and, like, be, you know, like, be the lobbyist for Mississippi and probably do pretty good for yourself. He, he can hook up with Haley's. Uh, probably not. <laughs> um, I don't think they have the best relationship, yeah. and I don't think that's a secret. Yeah. Um, but there are, 
I mean, you know, like that's what lobbying is all about. It, you know, it's about relationships. And I think there are a lot of people who uh, would find uh, the relationships that Governor Bryant could and the doors that he could open to be very, very valuable. You saw him on the uh, boat. Which feel? He was on that boat with the with the with the tactical stuff over his face, riding on that boat. You didn't see that? Mm-hmm. He was out in Texas somewhere on the border. Okay, I don't think so. I don't think I saw that, but <laughs> he wouldn't be the first governor to go to the. Border. Hey, I know he got me what blocked. Do you, too. What do you What do you suggest? I know he sir? got me blocked too. That's crazy. All right, so we we about to wrap it up because it's been an hour. So all right, so. Rebranded Mississippi, education, healthcare, infrastructure. Yeah, I mean, we just need to find. That's a pretty way. simple. I mean, we need to find a way to like monetize our biggest problems. People got to stop being greedy, man. Yeah, I mean, what, it, <laughs> I mean, what it boils down to. I mean, even I mean, even if you look at something like infrastructure, right? Like, mm-hmm. how many firms are there that could like? You know, tackle Jackson's like one billion dollar infrastructure pro- project. Because you need the money. You, like, like you need a you need a Halliburton. Yeah. Right. And so, like, that's problematic for a lot of reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even if you had a Halliburton, right? Like, they're going to need subs, mm-hmm. and they just don't exist in the state. I mean, we did a lot of reporting on infrastructure, um, and we know that like we needed to like uh, bring in a lot of firms from outside of the state to just like fix these bridges because the companies don't exist probably because like the capital oh, isn't man. there. I mean, Hemp Hill can't fix everything. Man. That's what they told me. <laughs> <laughs> Hemp Hill can fix, can fix a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, and there's no dig at Hemp Hill. So please, yeah. don't, please don't have, yeah, please they, don't send your shooter towards, no, towards me. You know, they got him, man. They got him. Man. But, um, you know, like who are the subs to Hemp Hill? And, like, how do you become a sub? I mean, you know, like, this is the conversation that people like Socrates Garrett have been having for a long time. Um, And so, like, you have his firm, but, like, how do you have, like, ten of those kinds of firms to to get in on some of this business? Um, You know, it's a pipeline problem. It's a capital issue. Um, You know, but the need is there. The opportunity is there. I think we can figure it out, man. I mean, I think we are figuring it out. I mean, yeah. you know, like you're doing your thing, I'm doing my thing. Yeah. Like I ain't I ain't fixing nothing. Yeah. You I'm know, podcasting. I, <laughs> I'm uh making fun of Tate Reeves on Twitter. I've heard that you engage in some <laughs> some Twitter fingers <laughs> on occasion. You know, uh Jim Hood's camp stole that from me. Really? Yeah. You should uh you I was going to send them an invoice. You should, you should invoice them. I was like, y'all, d- 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 here, <laughs> please pay me $15,000. Yeah, they don't have it. To embarrass yourself. Yeah, I mean, like, they're, they're staying pretty quiet until after the primary. Yeah. You know, they've, they've raised, like, a seventh of the money that yeah. Tay Reeves has. So, like, they're just, like, chilling, I saw the commercial with Tate right was shooting at basketball. Oh, I miss that. Yeah, it's back in the day when he was running for lieutenant governor. I mean, I hear he, he used to play at he, the he used, he used to, to play, play at for the Millsaps. Yeah, he played for Millsaps. And this is the thing. Take and shoot. Yeah, I heard he had a little J. Because I saw his form. Uh-huh. Elbow in. Like mm-hmm. it was a night and I'm like, oh. 
You know he gonna have the fundamentals. On my bullshit, <laughs> Tate can, you know. I mean, he ain't gonna cross nobody up. Nah, he ain't. <laughs> but you hit him with that nice screen. Yeah. Like, pow, he gonna. He gonna, he gonna hit a free Reddit. throw. Yeah. <laughs> JJ Reddit. Well, yeah, okay. So we're about to get out of here, man. I've I managed to make it through this without saying anything problematic. I don't want to make I don't know you, about that. I don't want to make Jamie mad at you. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> he's he's pretty much ignored me since yeah. I left the JFP. Yeah. Um thankfully. He don't <laughs> he said he tired of my bullshit, so Yeah. Yeah. You saw that email. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna get that framed. You should. Yeah. I have some things in my office that I'm gonna get framed. I'm gonna show you them as soon as we uh okay. finish up here. I'm working on your boy now. Who? Your other boy. Oh, a L? Yeah. I, I'm 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 uh workshopping a couple of things before I come out on him. Um let me know how that goes. Okay, I will. You yeah. gonna, you gonna see it. Uh yeah. Yeah. You're gonna see it. All right, so this has been another episode of the Rogues Gym Podcast. It is I, Thucker Jones, T-H-G-C-A-J-O-N-E-S on all social media. You can download this podcast at all streaming, uh, well, digital streaming platforms. I want to thank Ariel Nay for giving me some time to interview him. MississippiToday.org. MississippiToday.org. Mississippi's all spelled out. Y'all got Marshall Ramsey. Man, Marshall Ramsey ghosted me. Really? Yeah. He does it to me sometimes. Yeah. I'm a, when I see him, I'll be like, hey, I'm going to go out there to that uh, wake up call workout. 4 a.m. I'm working up at 4 a.m. You ain't waking up at 4 to go harass. I'll be up. At 4? Yeah. You be up early. Yeah. Because when I get up early, yeah. I'm like, dang. It's been tweeting for two hours. <laughs> like, it's yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. You get up early. Okay. I'll give yeah. you that. I, I, I will do it just to be like, <laughs> hey, win this interview, dog. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But yeah, MississippiToday.org. Mm hmm. Uh, all right, yeah, y'all. Make sure y'all go visit. Uh, make sure y'all donate. How can they donate? Uh, by visiting MississippiToday.org. Okay, there you go. Boom, boom. All right, so um, again, and y'all got a podcast. We do have a podcast. It's called The Other Side. It's hosted by Adam Show. and uh, I'm not sure when this comes out, but today it's going out tomorrow. Okay, so yeah, check out the podcast. It actually features uh, several of our um, w- women reporters talking about their experiences with uh, sexism and covering politics, uh, specifically, but just being a woman reporter uh, in a place like Mississippi, generally, it's mad powerful and very interesting and eye-opening. Cool, cool, cool. Make sure y'all check that out. And yeah, um, and they can hear that on all digital streaming platforms. Um, yeah, we're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher. Uh, you can go directly to the site um, and download us. So yeah. All right, cool. So this has been another episode of the Rogers Gent podcast. Thank you all for listening and watch out for the soft music.